Welcome to Pop Culture on the Rocks. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Pop Culture on the Rocks. It's our third episode, and I'm excited to be here. Anna, how are you feeling tonight? Super excited to be here as well. Lots of fun stuff to talk about. Yes. Um, so we know by now every week we start out with talking about a few of our favorite things. Um, so first we'll talk about what we're watching. So what have you been watching? Actually, I just started watching The World's Toughest Race. If you've heard of that. I've seen that like on my um, Prime recommendation. Yes, it's on Amazon Prime. The producer is Mark Burnett, who does Survivor. Mm -hmm. And uh, Bear Grylls is the host. That's right. Yes. So I think I have two episodes left. So I may talk about it again later, but it's very good. I recommend it. Is it like a cross between The Amazing Race and uh, whatever, what is Bear Grylls, Survivor Man, in that him? Or is that the other Yeah. Um, I don't remember what his show is called now. But yeah, it's it's very similar. It's like endurance um, racing, like extreme racing, I think is what it's, the technical term is. But the eco challenge is what they're doing. And that is 10 days in Fiji going like, I don't remember how many thousands of miles, or they use kilometers, like trekking through the jungle, through the water. And they have like so many different tasks that they have to do. Like maybe they have to swim, they have to rappel, they have to climb up something, paddleboard. Wow. (sighs) It, this is intense. It it wears me out just watching it, but it they had a person on there who he did. So you know the Iron Man, yeah. He did fifty Iron Mans in fifty days. What? And he's on this on this race, and I'm like, how is your body not like killing you by now? I don't know, but it's super intense. Uh, it's sixty six teams. And they're teams of four. And some people are like, like the veteran racing teams are like trying to win. But there are several teams that are, you know, rookies and they just really want to finish. They're not really Mm -hmm. racing, racing, if that's, if you know what I mean. They're just there to have fun. I I guess as much fun, I guess, as you can have. (laughs) (laughs) But it is really beautiful. Like the scenery is gorgeous. And they do a good job of, obviously, they don't showcase all the teams, but the few that they do showcase, they do a good job of, you really get to know those people. Very cool. I'm interested. I might have to check this out. Yeah, I recommend it. Maybe I'll be done with it by the time we have our next episode. Perfect. You can tell me more. Okay, so this weekend, I have watched all four A Star is Born movies. Nice. Now, I had seen and loved the 2018 movie with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Super emotional, beautiful. I love the soundtrack. Um, yeah. But my mom 
has told me a lot about the one with Barbara Streisand and Chris Christopherson from 1976. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we both wanted to show each other our our, our movies. <laughs> but <laughs> since there are four, we were like, well, let's just watch all four of them. So the first one is 1937. And I was like not expecting it to be that great because you know it's really old those are hit or miss I feel like right um and then the 1954 one has Judy Garland so we watched both of those on Prime and actually we really liked the one from 1937 and um actually liked it better than the Judy Garland one let me tell you let me tell you something really funny about the Judy Garland one. So, first of all, it was almost three hours long. Goodness. Yeah, because the first one did not have, it was about actors, not music. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Judy one was obviously like a lot of her singing, that was a big plot point. And so, like, there was a segment, it was like 15 minutes of just song. which is a lot for me and my mom right um so we kind of skipped through but the thing that was hilarious is about 30 or 45 minutes into the movie the like audio continued but it was like a slideshow of these sepia photos what (laughs) what in the world that's what we said so about for about like three minutes this is happening and we're like is this like a stylistic choice like we're trying to like speed up some of the plot you know yeah the plot elements and then it would like go back to like you'd see footage of the car driving by and then we'd go back to photos and this happened off and on for like 30 minutes and we're like okay this is not a stylistic choice Like, something's going on. Yeah. So, of course, I I got on IMDb, and apparently, uh, when it came out from Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers said it was too long, which I agree. Right. (laughs) They said it, it was about three hours long, and so they made them cut out, like, 30 minutes of footage. Well, in, like, 1983... Someone decided that they need to, like, restore it and, like, add in all the old footage. But I guess they couldn't find all of it or whatever. So, like, they put in, like, whatever they could find, like a car driving by or something like that. And then they used production stills. So that's why it's, like, these old photographs from the 50s that they're just putting it in there. But they still had the audio. Right. That's so interesting that that's the version that they chose to put on Amazon. Like, I I would think they would pick the original release or whatever. We were both like, we would prefer they cut out a lot of the song stuff and just, like, included some of those kind of plot points that weren't, like, vital, but it carried the story, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was so bizarre, and... It, I, I said to her, I was like, this is weird because this is a movie from 1954, but we're watching the edited version from, like, 1983. Yeah. I don't know. It was 
it was crazy. But anyway, um, we both liked each other's versions. They're all different. And I recommend honestly watching them all if you're interested because it was really cool to see what lines were in every single movie names that they kind of kept the same plot points or characters or how they kind of like adapted the characters or moments it was really cool to see what elements were pulled from each of them so yeah that sounds really neat i haven't seen any of those and i want to yeah i need to get on it highly recommend so um what are you drinking tonight anna well we have a listener named shelby from alabama shout out and yes she is wonderful and she is pregnant right now with a baby girl which i'm super excited for her and her husband uh and we were talking about the podcast and she mentioned will you guys drink a margarita for me since you know she's pregnant so she's advised not to drink alcohol (laughs) so we decided we would do that tonight for miss shelby of alabama and i don't have any unfortunately i don't have any margarita mix or bottled beverages at my house right now um but i have something kind of similar so it's a white claw hard seltzer and it is the natural lime flavor so Doesn't really taste like a margarita, but if maybe I think hard enough, it'll taste like tequila. I don't know. But it is really good. Did you salt the can rim? <laughs> I don't know why I didn't think of that. I mean, that just seems obvious to me, but I didn't do it either. Um, I have... Honestly... <laughs> I'm, I told Anna I'm kind of embarrassed about what I had. This image is great. <laughs> yeah, she can see me through our video. And it's, um, I think this can is probably the length of like my shin. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it is the Limerita Sparkling Margarita. So this is closer. You have the healthier yes. version of this, you know. <laughs> and I'll tell you, if I were at home... Uh, with my parents, I would totally be having a homemade margarita. Love it. So good. We've mastered it, but this will have to do. This can is 25 fluid ounces. <laughs> and honestly, it's too sweet for me, but you know, I'm going to, I'm going to do it for Shelby. I'm going to drink it. <laughs> and I will also add that really the only reason that I bought Limerita is because of the Celebrity Apprentice. I don't know if anyone besides me and Anna, maybe like one other person, have um, seen the bit of Celebrity Apprentice I'm talking about. But whenever this came on, like, whenever this was released, this drink, one of their projects was to do a ad campaign for Limerita. And... Whenever I see the drink, I think of the jingle that I know um, Mary Lou Retton was on the team that did it, right? Um, Yes. Yeah. And anyway, they came up with, go, 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 La Marita. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I see it in store, I think of this jingle. 
Me too. It's ingrained in my mind. But I mean, that's what a jingle is supposed to do. So they really accomplished their goal. I mean, honestly, like I, I work in marketing and I have to applaud it because I still obviously remember it. So yeah, would I purchase it again? No, but they got a sale out of me. So here we are. Cheers. There you go. Cheers to Miss Shelby. Woo. Lovely. One day we'll have the homemade margaritas and yeah, celebrate for real. We'll do better, Shelby. We'll do better. We will. <laughs> so, um, okay, if you don't know by now, we always give one reason why Anna and I should be on The Amazing Race. Anna, yes. what you got? Well... Mine comes with a story, as usual. Everything I say has a story. (laughs) (laughs) The reason why Callan and I should go on The Amazing Race is because I am willing to go to Germany again. And let Mm. me tell you why. Okay. So, Callan and I, just to put a little side note in there, we also have a travel Instagram. Yes. Because traveling is one of our favorite hobbies and something we enjoy doing together. At Make Your Landmark, if you yes. are interested in that as well. Um, the amount of travel posts that we have right now are quite limited considering the current life situation that we have. Correct. But anyway, so it was actually after I went to visit Callan while she was studying abroad. I went to Germany briefly on my way home. And then my my dad's side of the family has a lot of German heritage. So my dad's always wanted to go to Germany and visit. So my mom and I and my dad, the three of us, we planned this like European extravaganza <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> so um, we went to like four or five different countries and Germany was one of the countries we went to. So, Germany was really the only place my dad wanted to go. Me and my mom wanted to go to other places, too. So, Mm -hmm. he came along for the ride. So, we go to several different cities in in Germany. Specifically, Berlin is where we went to. And if you know anything about travel, one of the most frustrating things is getting around. Whether it's a taxi, bus, underground whatever well there we had just we had gotten kind of like a train pass to where we could travel to several different countries as many times as we wanted over a certain amount of days and that was kind of how we did our country hopping or whatever well we made the grave error of assuming that this ticket would apply to above ground like an underground but it's above ground if you know what i'm saying (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so it's more like an like within the city travel not within country travel Mm -hmm. which is the distinction we did not realize was important so the way that their systems work you basically kind of go on the honor system to where there's like a ticket booth and you buy the ticket and then you get on the train so theoretically you could get on the train without a ticket because there's not like any sort of like locked doors or like a 
scanning system to get you in. But they have people who like patrol the cars. And if you don't have a ticket, you're ticketed. So the guy, the ticket agent goes up to my dad and asks to see his ticket. My dad shows him. He's like, I don't really have one. And the guy's like, okay. And he just kind of leaves him alone. Um, and so then, cause my dad was sitting over by himself, me and my mom are sitting together and he comes over to us and asks for our tickets. And so we show him the, the train passes that we have and just, we assumed those would work. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, these do not work. Um, you must get off the train immediately. So they stop the train and we get off and... I kind of got annoyed. Um, I don't. I don't feel like I get too heated too much, but um, I pointed out the fact that my dad was not punished for that, and I mentioned, "Is this because I'm a woman or because I'm young?" I didn't say any of that out loud to this guy, but I mumbled it to my mom, which you know mm-hmm. makes me feel better. Right. So the guy takes us out of the train and we feel like we're like, okay, maybe he'll just give us some slack because we're tourists and we're stupid Americans. So maybe he'll give us a free pass or whatever. No, he decides to give me a ticket. Only me for some reason. So he takes my passport information and puts it into his little like Palm Pilot or whatever and gives me a ticket, which is all in German. So, no idea what it said. Long story short, I've never paid that ticket. So, <laughs> I've, I have told my mom, I was like, all right, well, I'm never coming back to Germany again. Because what if my passport gets flagged when I get into the airport and I get arrested and go to German jail? So, I vowed I will never go to Germany again. But, if the amazing race lets it be so... I will return to the land of my ancestors. <laughs> Just for the race, though. Just for the race, yeah. Hopefully and I won't get arrested there. One good thing, I've gotten married since then. Mm. So I've gotten a new passport. I assume the passport number is still the same, but my last name is different. So maybe True. I'll get away with it. True. Well, hopefully, hopefully the German police is not listening to this podcast. Otherwise, <laughs> don't find out what my my mailing address is. <laughs> well, like we mentioned, um, if you are interested at all in travel, you can follow us at Make Your Landmark. But I did want to. Um, remind everyone if you haven't heard it on our other podcasts that our podcast social media is always in the show notes down below you can follow us on instagram at pop culture on the rocks podcast you can follow us on twitter at pop culture otr as i've said they have a character limit in their username so i apologize for the inconsistency (laughs) And then if you are um, into emailing, you can send us an email at popcultureotrpodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear your feedback on our podcast. Um, Obviously, rate, subscribe, tell your friends. Yeah, be like Shelby and give us a recommendation. We'll give you a shout out. Yes, you'll get a shout out. Let us know what you want to 
hear us talk about or drink. And we will do it, even if it's a little bit of a knockoff. (laughs) (laughs) Well, every week, um, we take turns educating the other uh, person on something that we've watched that they did not. And um, I have a feeling most of our listeners have not watched this because I feel like ratings were low. Um, (laughs) But if you were like me and you're a Bachelor fan and you decided to watch because at this point we were in like big time lockdown and nothing else was on TV... um, then you might know kind of what I'm talking about. Tonight, I'm going to tell Anna about Bachelor, colon, listen to your heart. Hmm. Anna, have you seen, like, Bachelor in Paradise at all before? I know what it is. I don't really understand the concept or anything, but I've heard the title. Okay, so um, Bachelor in Paradise is similar to, like, a Love Island type setup where... You start out with a set amount of people. Obviously, on The Bachelor, it's all people we know from previous Bachelor seasons. And then, like, every week, either guys or girls will come in. And then they have a rose ceremony, and people have to pair up. And if you don't get a rose, you go home. So, basically, if you're not in a pair, you'll go home. Huh. Okay. So, they adapted this concept... I have no idea why, but they adapted it into the same concept, except it takes place at the Bachelor Mansion, and the contestants are all want wannabe musicians. Okay. Hence, listen to your heart, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It started out, I, I believe it was only about, like, six episodes. It was a pretty short thing. Now, when they advertised this early on, like... In the Bachelor season, my thought process was the only reason I can see why they would be doing this is because they have had a history of having people that come on the show basically trying to launch a music career. And my guess was, okay, they are trying to get out in front of that and just like cast everybody and try to give them a music career and also help them find love. Two birds, one stone. Exactly. So, it started out, like, the first half of the season was pairs, people coming to the house. Of course, music was kind of a theme. Like, you'd you'd see them hanging out in the living room and they're playing the guitar or whatever. Um, <laughs> and then, about halfway through the season, no more people were going to come in. It's only pairs are, like, you're with your pair and that's it. You had to kind of like lock it down solidify it so if you weren't ready to get into a relationship then you should go home Hmm. so once that portion of the series was over and you had your finalized couples every week the couples would perform a song together in front of a live audience and judges (laughs) okay (laughs) like american idol uh yeah um and it would obviously always be a duet and the thing was they were judged on their talent level to some degree but also like their on stage chemistry <laughs> like if you could feel their love <laughs> that's hard to gauge <laughs> yeah and it's very subjective 
you know? Right. And my thing was, yeah, most of these people were kind of like singer-songwriter, maybe a little bit of country, a little bit of pop, kind of, you know, they all were that kind of vibe. But I'm like, I could be in love with you, but my singing voice doesn't match yours, you know? I'm like, right. Oh, this, this criteria is just really <laughs> not yeah. fair. Um, of course there was drama. So in particular, I would say the biggest drama of the season, there's this guy named Brandon. Julia and Savannah loved Brandon. Julia was paired up with someone else named Sheridan. This long hair, like very nice guy. She did not treat him fairly in my opinion. And then you had Savannah who Brandon was paired up with. A little young for him, maybe. Julia basically made her play for Brandon too late. Like, he was already with Savannah, and he was like, you should have done this when I expressed interest earlier. You've kind of missed your chance. Mm, yeah. Julia, arguably the best singer on the show, stayed with Sheridan, even though Sheridan was like, I'm only here for you. If you're not here, I don't, I'm not looking at any other girls. Like, yeah. She kind of took advantage of him and stayed on the season and was singing with him and blah, blah, blah. Well, eventually, Brandon was like, I am sticking with Savannah. Julia and Sheridan were no more. And she decided she couldn't do it. And then Sheridan left because, like he said, there was no other girl for him. Yeah. Uh, immediately after that, basically, Brandon told Savannah that he didn't see a future with them, so they also broke up, and none of them ended up with any of the others. So, skipping ahead to the final three couples, they went on tour together, aka they all had a tour bus and were on the road to Las Vegas <laughs> to sing. Okay. So, you had Matt and Rudy, who were a fan favorite. And everybody thought they were going to make it. They did the whole road trip to Las Vegas. Got to the hotel. He dumped her in the hotel room. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it was sad because everybody everybody was rooting for them. And she was really blindsided. But he just felt like he couldn't do the final performance with not feeling like super confident in their relationship. So, you have Jamie and Trevor, this other couple who were probably the most, like, in love, quote, quote, but there had been drama with him earlier in the season because um, someone came in and apparently knew one of his ex-girlfriends and said mm. that he had cheated on her, and Jamie has only dated people who have cheated on her. Oh, gosh. So, when she found this out, she was not excited, obviously, but right. he told her, you know, he defended himself, and anyway, she stayed with him, so there you have it. They ended up coming in second to Chris and Bree, fan favorite couple, talented, actually sounded good together, and they actually won, and if you won, you got to record an album and you also got some money so hmm. um they were actually supposed to be able to go on tour but here we are um right. so i guess that's been put on hold but yeah they'll get like a tour and i guess abc is footing the bill for all of this i mean that's a pretty good deal considering 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, they've actually launched some music, so um, I was a fan of them. I was glad they won. Everybody thought they deserved it, so it was a good ending. Now, I would like to add that the judges, they were made up every week they changed, but they included, like, celebrities, and I use that term extremely loosely. <laughs> They're <laughs> celebrities from the Bachelor franchise, so, like, couples that oh, have lasted, okay. and mm-hmm. then celebrity actual celebrities who i wondered why they like stooped to this level (laughs) i'm talking jason mraz jewel kesha ashley simpson and evan ross and pat monahan from train were all judges wow Mm -hmm. huh and they were they were judging their like performance and then also their chemistry compatibility yeah yeah interesting yeah yeah it it was it was something i i (laughs) can't say that i don't know i'm super loyal i'll watch pretty much whatever the bachelor comes out with but i was a no-go on this one until it was my only option i feel informed and i feel like i've pretty much watched the show you have all i need to do is uh (laughs) find out what these people sound like so moving on to what it, what we're just looking forward to discussing every single week exactly big brother all-stars big brother <laughs> week two is over and i feel like some of our predictions from last week were correct yeah i think so too some were not I'll- <laughs> yes it w- i remember at the big the beginning of the week people were like it's gonna be a slow quiet week on the feeds nothing's gonna happen and i'm just like i mean i couldn't predict the future but my thought was this is an all-star season things usually go like warp speed so yeah it was anything but quiet on the feeds Unless they cut away from the gameplay, and then it's kind of quiet. Yeah, a lot of complaints about that. And I've noticed that, too, when I've been on there. I'm like, why why are we turning off the video and, like, coming back to a conversation about food? Like, right? they're not talking about anything off limits. So I, I've seen that that's been a big complaint among live feeders. Yeah. I'm sure their staff is smaller than it was before, but to, Yeah. Give the people what they want. We want to see strategy. We want to see the big blow-ups. First of all, the new have-not rule. Oh my gosh. It is so mean, but I mean, that's a great way to make some extra drama. It is. They knew what they were doing. Yeah, for sure. Especially with this group. Because, yeah. I mean, in that house, you'll you'll grasp any straw to say... This is the reason why I'm going after you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So Memphis chose David. Shocker, because mm. he later nominated him. Coconuts volunteered for Ian. Ian asked for volunteers. Now, what I noticed was right after Ian asked for volunteers, Nicole Anthony did not ask for volunteers. She just straight up chose Christmas, which made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, me um, too. And then Kevin chose Kaser. Yeah, interesting group. I, I don't know. It's going to be some good drama later on for sure. A moment that was really great on this Sunday night episode, 
I feel like they have been really good as far as editing, like, important conversations into the show. And um, I've been really enjoying that. I know we have talked about that every week so far. But this one was Bay and Day talking about their experiences as black women, especially um, their experiences being treated differently by people growing up, you know, right? whether it be at school or just in life, um, and being insecure about how they looked. And hearing Davon talk about names she'd been called just because of her yeah. dark skin, it's just... It was really sad to hear, but also, I think, really important for people to hear. And I was really glad that that made it into the, the episode as well. Yeah, I think they've done a great job of highlighting those moments. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what we need. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. And I'm, I'm really enjoying them still as just a duo in the game. I feel like they're just... I, I'm not trying to jinx them. But we've already said we have good vibes about their success chances, and I just think they're still sitting in a really good spot. Yeah, I think so, too. I feel like they're not super high on anyone's list, and they're not just laying low to where they're not doing anything. Exactly. They're not, like, big targets, but they're not, like, not playing the game either, you know? Yeah, kind of floating around, not really with anyone. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I would say, like, the main character of the week is Memphis. (laughs) Yeah, I'll say. I feel like we have a lot of thoughts about him. Definitely. Um, I don't want to say the rise and fall of Memphis, but that's kind of how it feels sometimes. I would have to agree. I mean, I'll be honest. I mean, if you remember in the cast preview that we had... I was very excited to see him because he was one of those people never thought we would ever see play again. Um, And just curious to see how he would do now that he's a dad and older, more mature, seasoned player or whatever. But as time goes on, I just forgot how much of a douche he can be. (laughs) Yeah, honestly. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, I don't. Like we say all the time, I don't know how he is outside the house. So there's, I can't judge someone on a personal level because of that. But yeah, I'm not so much on the Memphis train as I was before. (laughs) I know. I'm sad to agree. And look, I watched Big Brother 10 a lot more recently than Anna has. So Memphis is fresher on my mind. And... Mm -hmm. Going into the season, I would not say, like, oh, yeah, Memphis is one of my favorite players of all time. Like, but I just kind of assumed, like you said, well, this is 10 years later. He's a dad, like, successful businessman. Like, yeah, the things about him that I thought maybe were just, like, immaturity back then. I'm like, I think I'm excited to see, like, how he is now. Mm -hmm. And he's letting me down a little bit. Yeah. And I don't I don't know if that was just because of the position he found himself in, you know, being HOH for the first time and so early on in this season. I don't know if that's kind of what contributed to it. I don't know if he's going to act that way 
now that his HOA train is over. But yeah, it was a rough week. <laughs> I know. And that's the thing. It's like, I can understand if you are HOH and it goes to your head and like, yeah, you're HOH for the first time. So maybe it's going to your head extra. I don't know why. You don't know how to handle it, I guess. But it was like the things he said that he, I thought were just uncalled for. Yeah. Uh, Like his nomination speeches, I was rolling my eyes so hard. Yes, me too. I literally had no eyeballs. They were stuck inside my eyeball socket. (laughs) It was like rolling my eyes that far into my head. Yeah, it's, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Telling Nicole Anthony, I told you to play the safety suite was annoying. I mean, whatever. It is true. She probably should have played. But the way he said it was kind of annoying. And then the whole David thing is what really got me saying. Yes, me too. Prove to me you deserve to be here and grown ups table. That just left a bad taste in my mouth. Absolutely. First of all, who are you? We haven't seen you. You got (laughs) you gotta take a peg down because You're not a winner. I, and I, I said this on our Twitter. I said, I'm sorry, I wasn't aware that Memphis is a casting director. Because that's the only reason I would know why David has to prove to you that he exactly. deserves to be there. And to me, nobody, I don't know. Nobody deserves to speak to somebody like that. Like, yeah, he doesn't have the authority Nobody in that house has the authority to say something like that. Like, we're all just here to play a game. Am I going to tell you if you come play Uno, I say you're not worthy of sitting at this table? No. This is a game. Like, calm down, please. And say what you want about David or whether he deserves to be there. That can be your personal opinion. But I just don't think Memphis has the right to get away with saying that and Danny agreed as we saw in the yeah. DR. She did not like that. So and I would be embarrassed. Like if I were aligned with him, I'd be like, ooh, that's not a good one. Yeah. Look. And I I just got the vibes that his alliance is not too happy with him. I mean, from a strategic point of view, I can understand why Memphis is wanting people to burn their safety pass, VIP pass. Um, because you want to, to greater your chances for next week whenever you're not HOH and so you can play. So I can get that. And the way that he, he's, he's saying, well, let's have some people in our alliance play so it doesn't look like we're all working together. And sure. Yeah. Like that makes sense. But his delivery was just like, to me, it came across as you should do this because I'm telling you to. And that kind of communication style, I don't think is very productive in this house. Like you want people to think this is their idea or you want them to think I'm saying this because it's the betterment for your game or our alliance's strength. Not like you should play this. And if you don't, you're in trouble. Yeah. The whole kind of threatening route. Yes. That's not going to be good because, especially on All Stars, these people did not get far by just doing whatever everybody told them to do. Right. 
So I just don't think that was that was wise. I mean, I wasn't against the strategy of trying to encourage people to play. Yeah, I mean, I can totally understand where he's coming from, and that's a great point. I mean, mm-hmm. you want to make sure your people and yourself, above all, are safe. So it's understandable. Yeah, like I, I got that. I was, I was good with that, but it didn't sit well his delivery, and I just thought he went about it the wrong way, and right. so did everyone in his alliance except Christmas, who was like gung ho. Yeah, which that's a bad sign. Yeah, <laughs> when everyone in your alliance is like, "No, I'm not doing that," and telling each other, "I'm a little sketched out by him." Yeah, and a few things I saw in the feeds alluded to them being upset with Memphis, especially Coconuts and Danny were not happy Mm. at all with his behavior, thought his ego was getting too big. And yeah, so I I don't know what's going to happen to that unnamed alliance, but it's not looking good. Even if like they all stay together and then get out Memphis at some point, not going to be really surprised because The thing is, like, yeah, at the end of the day, everybody's there for themselves, and, like, you're playing to win, but when you're in an alliance like that, especially this early on, you've got to be a team player and think for the team, because you're not going to get far if you burn all your bridges now. Right, yeah. So the safety suite happens, getting tipsy, as it's called, (laughs) which, obviously, we are fans of as we are drinking. yes. And Christmas wins, and I was super excited about her plus one, was Ian, which everyone was like, why did you do that? But I was happy about it. <laughs> I get that it, it was a good deal. I just think she rubbed Memphis kind of the wrong way. I don't know if that was just the smartest move on her behalf, but I don't really care right. because I was excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I... I mean, that conversation right after she wins and she's in the HOH room with Memphis and she's standing there with like, she's like in celebration pose, like, (laughs) what's up? I just won for our alliance. And he is just like completely disengaged and like is not hiding the fact that he's unhappy. And it was so awkward so awkward but yeah I'm with you I was really glad that Ian was safe especially since Memphis was targeting him or at least thinking about targeting him Mm -hmm. and what did you think of his partial reasoning for targeting Ian (laughs) and the 17th member of this house (laughs) oh my gosh I was again rolling my eyes honestly him saying that he owes it to the other renegade to target Ian. I just... Dan is who we're talking about. Yeah, I don't really understand the logic. <laughs> right. Because, first of all, Dan beat you, Memphis. <laughs> no votes. Right. You got no <laughs> votes. And yet, and I understand they're friends in real life, and that's awesome. I'm, uh, it makes me yeah. happy that they're good friends. But like, right? Does Dan really need you to <laughs> avenge him because Ian beat him? Right. No. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly, I think that was. I think it was a good excuse for him to like 
have somebody to go after. So True. I'm, not, I'm not saying that he's not going to target Ian for that reason. I just feel like he played that up to be ridiculous. I don't know. It's just... <laughs> It's just trying to find a reason. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, but I just thought that was laughable, honestly. Um, <laughs> so it did make me laugh, though, that like everybody almost played in this safety suite. Yes. Like, oh my goodness. Most of the house, but yeah, like we said, Christmas uh, one, and yeah, she could not read the room. I would say <laughs> with Memphis. Right. Um, so I'm not sure how yeah. well this will. This will work out for her, but I'm sure she's she's probably good for now. Yeah, I mean, so far she seems to be flying under the radar pretty well. So I'm surprised people aren't more nervous about her competition ability. Yeah, that is very shocking. Maybe that speaks to her social game currently. I don't know. True. Yeah. So what did you think about Janelle and Kaser? talking to memphis about backdooring coconuts aka nicole f i did think that was an interesting strategy on their part unfortunately memphis is in an alliance with nicole franzel so that makes that kind of awkward i could understand where memphis is coming from as far as wanting to keep janelle and caser close and also wanting to make his alliance still trust him to some degree and at the same time janelle and caser are they have no one so they're trying to just grasp for someone to go after and i mean nicole's a good target to have because she is a winner and that could potentially be an easy target for as in like finding a reason to backdoor someone so yeah it was an interesting proposition um I don't know if there are any ulterior motives. Uh, there's been a lot of talk that Janelle and Nicole Franzel do not like each other outside of the house. I mean, who knows really the truth? None of us do. Um, it's hard to say, but yeah, it sounds like there could be some sort of battle between Franzel and... Janelle. It was interesting too whenever Franzel heard that Janelle wanted to t- to backdoor her. Especially whenever spoiler Memphis won the veto, which I know we haven't gotten there yet, but that was interesting as well that Nicole was nervous that Memphis would even consider something like that. And maybe that's because she was getting weird vibes from him and didn't like what's been going on since he got HOH and so she's like wait so has Memphis turned on us and he's gonna maybe backdoor me because that's what Janelle wants yeah that was really telling um that she does not trust him very much at all right it was probably coupled with the fact that he was not saying yeah I I'm ready to backdoor Janelle or Kaser like he was almost like yeah let's avoid talking about that I think that right. made her nervous and yeah, he wasn't really committing to anything. I want to point out, because, you know, we love Janelle and Kaser. They are just always aware of things going on. It's so true. The first season of All Stars, season seven, 
I would argue that they got played a little bit by Dr. Will, but I feel like right. that's basically everyone. But for the most part, they're really good at being aware of what's going on in the house. And they named four of the people in Memphis's alliance. Now, the problem is they yeah. said it all to Memphis. <laughs> Um, That's what it seems to be. They make good observations, but they m- sometimes tell the wrong person the right information. Exactly. It's just like, oh, you're almost there, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, honestly, it kind of speaks to Memphis's gameplay right now that n- they aren't thinking that he's working with any of those four. That's true. And yeah. Christmas. It speaks to her. Right. I kind of think that, like, Danny doesn't really care if people know who she's working with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Her gameplay, I feel like she just, I feel like she just likes to align with the people that she likes. Yep. For sure. You know, she wants to align with her friends, which, I mean, if I were in her position, I would do the same thing Mm -hmm. just because I'm the kind of person that's like, well, I don't want to waste my time with people I don't like, so might as well just align with my friends. Yeah, and and I know she said at one point, like, she's not wanting, she's not ready to lie about who she's working with. There was that whole thing about her trying to set up a side thing with Janelle, but it was kind of fake. Yeah. That didn't make the show, so I don't really, I don't know what really happened with that as far as, like, where we are now, but... Right. Know. It it does seem, though, that Janelle and Danny are weary of each other in one way or the other. But And I think they like each other, but, I mean, they kind of have to be. Yeah. Now, in reality, if they, like, teamed up, they'd be really powerful, I feel like. Oh, yeah. But I just feel like they know there's not really room for the two of them, you know? Yeah. That was, that was my thought, is, like, maybe they don't want to be associated with each other. Um, for whatever reason. So Memphis told Cody about what Janelle and Kaser said and wanted to keep it between them. But then Cody went and told everybody else. So what that tells me is Memphis is more loyal to Cody than Cody is to Memphis. Hmm. Yeah, that's very true. I've kind of gotten that impression also where he's like, yeah, we're going to take the commission all the way and whatever. And Cody's like, yeah, man, sure. And he's got... I don't know how many, I don't know if he has specifically final two deals, but he definitely has one-on-one close relationships with some other people. So, Memphis wins the veto and chooses not to use it. Shocker. Shocker. (laughs) As much as a lot of people wanted to backdoor either Janelle or Nicole Franzel. It was probably a good decision, honestly. Yeah, and Dan took over their the Big Brother Instagram for a little while. And, um, I mean, I think you brought up a good point that the timing would have been not ideal, probably, for Memphis to do something like that. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see how it goes, but Janellacy is a real thing. It is. And I love Inside that and outside of the house. I do, too. I know that... Inside that house, she is such a big target, which is understandable. And I do agree that she um, pretty much is the face of Big Brother. So I can understand that. Um, But man, that moment of her crying about Nicole Anthony was, that was a moment. 
Yeah. And Kaser's like, I've never seen you cry before. <laughs> yeah. And Which, we're like, we haven't either. Yeah. It was shocking. We've This is the fourth time we've seen her play, and she's made it really far on most of her seasons and been in very frustrating situations and been the only person left in her alliance multiple times, and we've never seen her cry. And she's crying over Nicole Anthony. You know, Nicole said that she felt bad, and once she sees that, she's probably going to feel very bad. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure she is. And that whole situation was very frustrating because us viewers know what's happening for the most part. Yeah. Like we know how badly Janelle was campaigning for Nicole to stay. And Nicole is just like not having it with Janelle and is just like pushing her away and is saying, I don't trust you. I don't want to work with you. And it's like, man, it's just so frustrating, which obviously, I mean, it's hard to say how you would react yourself being in there because we've never been there before. And I mean, we know all of the things that are going on, the conversations that are being had. So I don't know. It's it's hard to to fault people for making those assumptions, but it was super frustrating because like that you see Janelle with just so much emotion like so hurt that Nicole does not believe her this week I you and I feel like most fans were really frustrated with Nicole Anthony and how she didn't play well at all which David didn't either (laughs) but yeah she kind of said on tonight's episode that the house convinced her that they didn't actually care about her. And I think it just kind of played on some of her insecurities. Like, people are acting like they care. Yeah, it, it felt like a repeat of last year. Yeah, exactly. So I'm sure she kind of felt like, wow, this is a broken record. And who knows how much she internalizes that. Mm-hmm. Like, what am I doing which makes people feel this way? Or mm-hmm. my gameplay or something like that. I think there's just a lot of elements and that's kind of where she decided to take it out. And it was frustrating because yeah. we saw Janelle over here crying. And yeah, it's frustrating. But I just think, I mean, the house gets to you and it messes with you mentally. And I really think this was something that she's gonna watch me like dang that was not good so and I mean we even got a glimpse of that whenever she was evicted and said (laughs) Julie not holding back anything basically saying I'm confused by your gameplay um (laughs) as were we all Mm -hmm. but she said she started begin to notice like oh Janelle really was on my side and I made a wrong a wrong um interpretation so I was glad she had that moment rather than (laughs) Julie confronting her about it. And she's like, oh, that happened. So yeah, whatever, whatever happened between that time before she got evicted, you know, she has time now to think about it. And that was sweet what she said about, you know, I owe Janelle all these apologies. And Mm -hmm. I hope that that's something that they can mend because I'm sure she's going to get a lot of hate on Twitter and everything, which I've seen a lot of it, so mm-hmm. I can only imagine what she gets personally. I I don't want people to give Nicole Anthony hate. I don't 
I mean, she yeah. does not deserve that. And I really do think that once they're out of there, she and Janelle will make up and be fine. But, yeah, so she got evicted. <laughs> and, I mean, I'm glad David is still there because we were excited to see David. I'm just really... David, though. I He was on the struggle bus, too. I think his main thing that he needs to work on is how he communicates. I think he has difficulty with that because like with his conversation with Davon, I think I understood what he wanted to say. Like he wanted to say, I am starting to get close with some of these guys. And I think that I can keep me, you and Bailey safe. Um, but I've kind of kept my distance because I don't want them to associate us as a duo so that we're both not going to be on the block and hopefully we can save each other. So, like, I could see what he said because I, I do think he's honest in saying, like, I want to be with you guys. But he just comes across as I'm in an alliance with these guys. And Davon's like, okay, well, we're in an alliance, so why don't you tell me who they are? And he doesn't divulge that information. So it can kind of come across like, oh, so we're not as close as I thought we were. Like, obviously, you're you're trying to cover up this alliance more than ours, I guess. Like, holding back those things. So it was a very frustrating conversation because, it, even more so because he was on the block. Like, if you were not being nominated... That would be a little bit different, maybe. But, like, you need Davon's vote. Mm -hmm. And you were basically like, no, I just don't trust you to tell you the names of these Alliance members. And Davon just was like, she does not hide her feelings, uh -uh. which I love that about her. Mm -hmm. And she's just like, okay. Yeah. All right. That's fine. Bye. <laughs> and he's like, I loved that moment. Uh, where he's like, okay, just calm down. And uh, Bailey's like, what did you tell her? Yeah. <laughs> I love that because I'm the exact same way. I'm like, do not tell me to do that. No. That was just a great, like, <laughs> hopefully a learning moment for him and every other person out there. Yeah, I think that was a learning moment for him in the game and in real life. I don't know why. <laughs> right. I totally agree. I think your interpretation of what he was trying to say, I think, is correct. Like, I think he was coming from a good place, and he was trying to be strategic, but mm -hmm. he failed. Yeah. And, and I mean, from Davon's perspective, I can see where she's like, why aren't you sharing any of this information? Like, I tell, I mean, I'm sure she doesn't tell him everything that's going on. Like, maybe she does with Bailey, but, yeah, I can understand why she was annoyed with him yeah I think that is his inexperience and when I say inexperience I mean not just the fact that he was the first out and didn't really get to play but the fact that he is not a fan of the show either like yeah we could go in there and probably have more knowledge than he does and we haven't right. played the game so yeah. that's what I'm saying when I say his inexperience is showing because I think he's kind of not overplaying in the sense he's doing too much, but he's almost doing too little because he thinks that is going to mess him up. Like, if Davon is loyalty, which she's showing that she is, it's okay to say, yeah, I mean, I think I have a good relationship with 
Tyler, you know, I'm in mm-hmm. good with Enzo or whatever you want to say. But right. it's different than being like, well, I have a final two with Tyler. So, I mean, I think he's a, he doesn't <laughs> yeah. see the difference. And he just yeah. thinks, like, I don't need to tell her anyone I'm aligned with. Well, if you tell her some people you think you are good with, maybe then she can get in good with them, too. And you can all come together or whatever. It's just. Right. I don't think he knows when it's a good time to share information because you have to share some information. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was frustrating for both of those nominees because it was just like, oof. Yikes. Yeah. It's <laughs> it was a it was a rough one for them. It it sure was. So we saw um Tyler win HOH, which The Shuffleboard. The Shuffleboard little mugshot game. It's always interesting when there's like a luck kind of HOH. True. Yeah. You never know what's gonna happen. But honestly, um I was very excited to see Tyler win because he is one of my top picks but i don't know what's gonna happen i think it the problem is it's not looking good for janelle and caser yeah that was i know there are a lot of people out there who were manifesting and just like oh my gosh please let there be a janelle or a caser hoh win and i'll be honest i was on that train yeah uh because I mean, as long as they're in this house, they are going to have a massive target. Mm -hmm. But in my perspective, that's the kind of person I would want to work with, is the person who's a meat shield for me. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know. I feel like Tyler could be unpredictable as far as, you know, he may not go after them. He may want to backdoor one of them Mm -hmm. and not put both of them up. I don't know. I just feel like to me... Him being HOH has more possibilities than maybe some other people, like Nicole Franzel or somebody who, like, eh, it's probably kind of obvious who they're going to go for. Yeah. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Um, And I'm trying to think, who all is left to play in the safety suite? I know Nicole Franzel, Danny, Memphis... Well, Tyler could have played, Tyler, but... Um, right, yeah. Know. Enzo as well, right? Yeah, Enzo can still play. I think and that's is that it? it. Yeah, I think... Yeah. So the odds are pretty slim. Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, the thing is, I'm excited for Tyler because I'm rooting for Tyler, so, like, I want to see him do well. But... Yeah. I would have preferred at this point in time... Janelle and Kaser win to be safe. They're not targeting Tyler right now, so, like... Right. I would have felt okay about that. Like, they needed it more than he needed it, so it's just kind of... For sure. And I think that was the frustrating thing for a lot of people, because Janelle was one point away, and it was like, ah, she was so close. So close. But you never know. I mean, things change so quickly. So, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I I thought it wasn't looking good for the two of them last week. And right. they weren't on yeah. Memphis's radar at all. So, I just feel like choices are a little limited. Because I don't think he's going to go after Bailey and Davon. Yeah, he has a lot of connections with people. Yeah, so it just seems like they're really slim choices. 
so yeah slim pickings for sure i have a feeling it's gonna be a crazy week so i don't even think i've uh had half of my limerita <laughs> much to everyone's disappointment but maybe next week i will have a more enjoyable drink everyone follow us on social media like we mentioned earlier um let us know what you want us to talk about what you want us to drink rate review and subscribe share with your peeps as always so cheers and we will talk to you next week